Welcome to All Things Sleep and Parenting. I'm Pam. And I'm Elisa. We are holistic infant and child sleep consultants with a background in early childhood education. And we're the founders of Restful Parenting. And I'm Heidi. I'm also an early childhood educator and the owner of Blossom Early Learning. Join us as we chat all things sleep, parenting, development, and everything in between. Be sure to hit subscribe and share with your friends and family. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the podcast, the All Things Sleep and Parenting podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the power of charts, visual charts for toddlers, preschoolers, children, adults, for that matter. (laughs) Um, We're just going to be talking about why we love to use visual charts for our children. Yeah, and this is a really good topic because Elisa and I actually have a live workshop coming up at the end of the month. It's a Saturday morning. I think it's the November 27th. Uh, You can find more information on our Facebook page, Restful Parenting, Holistic Infant and Child Sleep Consultants under the event. November 27th, it's $25. And it's all about understanding toddler tantrums. So this is going to be a piece that um, we're actually going to be talking about today as an added bonus. So it's all going to connect, but this workshop is going to be our three top tools for helping our little ones. So understanding their tantrums, but then helping them through them and how can we support them? And, you know, the, the beginning of the toddler tantrums. So if you have a little one coming into that toddler stage, you have a toddler that's full blown into them, even your preschooler. It's a great opportunity to come and chat with Elisa and I all about understanding your toddler tantrums and learning some of our top tools for how to get through them. Perfect. So let's get right into our power of charts now. This is something that I use probably daily with our families. There's always a good reason to build a chart. And I do want to say from the very beginning, this does not, our charts do not need to be Pinterest worthy. If you are a Pinterest mom and that excites you and you are awesome at it, fantastic. But don't let that step stop you or get in your way of creating charts because they're not going to be pretty enough or they're not going to be. I literally had like stickmen and I helped my children read them because I just was, I'm not that creative. I'm creative. I'm just not artistic enough to follow it up with something really beautiful. So don't let that stand in your way. Having said that, if you would like us to create a chart for you, you can reach out to us because we can create a a chart specifically for you and your family and your needs. Absolutely. So when we're working with our families. And the charts that we create for you will not be stick men. (laughs) (laughs) Elisa has made sure of that. (laughs) So some of the reasons why we use charts and like I said this is something that we work with with all of our families that we work with specifically I mean we're going to go through all the different various reasons we can pull up charts but um, beyond our bedtime and nap time stuff charts are really great for a lot of behavioral challenges so this is something like I said we work with our families when we're one-on-one with our families that we're creating these strategies and we're creating these charts so We know that our children are visual. We know that toddlers like to see what is expected of of them. They like to see what's coming up next. That's the only way they have, that's the only control they have over their day is what's coming next, what's coming next. They don't have the ability to say, hmm, you know, today I'm really not feeling like this. I feel like we're just gonna have a movie day. They are just kind of shrugged along with us um, as we go through. And a lot of the stuff that we do is for them, but they are 
um, you know, just kind of following behind. Whereas when we have these visuals for our children, it allows them to control is a big piece with these guys, but it just gives them that sense of, okay, I know what's coming next. I can be ready for this transition. I know that after lunch, this is what I'm doing. So it really, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. I know who's, who's giving me my bath. I know like they, it gives them the information that they don't have to try and process on their own, not able to get that communication to you. Hey mom, I'm just wondering what we're doing next. That's not how it's going to come out. It's going to come out in a tantrum as we're trying to transition. It's going to come out with great big upsets and now it's a fight to get dressed and it's a fight for this so the visuals across the board just make their lives easier but in turn makes your life a lot easier as well yeah and you hit on something really good there with the transitions so Mm -hmm. this is this is a really big piece because it doesn't mean your child is going to automatically, let's say you have a child who is really resistant to those various transitions that happen in their day, going from inside to outside, going from outside to inside, going to eat lunch. It doesn't mean that a chart is going to just take away all the feelings and emotions that they have towards Mm -hmm. that, that change in transition, but it prepares them because they know what's going to be coming next with the visual chart, with your reminders, and then with you telling them what you're going to do next. So you pair all of those together and it really can help them understand and then listening to those feelings, right? So those transitions are a really big time to use charts. We'll just jump in with that one first. So the transition, a great chart for that would be, you know, a daily, this is what our day looks like. Now we're not going down, you know, we're not saying, okay, from 8.15 to 8.45, we're eating and then 8.45 to nine o'clock, we're getting dressed, but it's kind of blocks, right? So we get up in the morning, we have our breakfast, we get dressed. Maybe that's our outside time. Then we have snack time. Then we have quiet time while we're getting lunch ready. Then it's lunch time. Then it's nap time, quiet time, right? So we're giving them those blocks of what our day could look like. Some children like it where it's a little more detailed, but we also want them to, you know, be flexible, right? Yes, this is our outside block, but it's really cold today. So today we're going to do an inside block you know, doing sensory toys or games instead. So we want them to be able to be flexible in that, but it gives them that sense of, I know what my day is going to look like. Yes. And so if you have a little one who is hesitant towards those transitions, what you would do is you would give them that heads up ahead of time as well. So in two minutes, we are going inside to have lunch and all that stuff, but then they can see the chart at the same time. So it helps them visualize what to expect. Yes. And you're helping them, right? So when we come in from outside, okay, what's on, what's next? What are we supposed to be doing next? And they can run to that chart. It's supposed to be lunchtime. Okay. So when I'm making lunch, you have your quiet time. So that can be their time on a device, or that can be a time sitting at the table playing quietly while you're uh, making lunch. They could be helping you with lunch, but it's, the idea is, is they're able to come back to it. So instead of them asking you all the time, what's next, what's next, what's next, what are we doing? Or we're getting that upset. It's, we can always bring them back. Hey, let's go see. What are we supposed to be doing next? What's next on our chart? So let's talk about another great time to use charts at bedtime. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of charts I like to use it with bedtime and when around sleep. Yeah. So With the bedtime routine, we like to include charts for our toddlers, preschoolers, potentially even 
older children, if, if they need that visual reminder of what they are to be doing, what their task is next, right? Mm -hmm. So what you can do for bedtime is you can have your routine on a chart and we like to also involve them in that. So some way for them to check off when they've done, when they, when they've completed each task, having them involved can give them a little bit of motivation to complete those tasks. Again, it's not going to be your be all end all of bedtime battles, but it's a piece that can help with those toddlers and preschoolers. Mm -hmm. with that it's visual. a pretty big piece. It's the bedtime stalling and using that chart for bedtime stalling can be a pretty big piece. We actually have a full episode too on, on the bedtime stalling using a, a chart. So be sure to hit up that for like the details of it. Yeah. And a but, workshop as well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's on the website, restfulparenting.com. Uh, another, so the routine charts are fantastic. Uh, get, keeps them on task, helps us get through the teeth brushing and then the setting limits no we've already had our two stories so there's there's lots of little pieces in there that it really helps another time I like to use charts is who's doing the bedtime so that could look like a calendar on your fridge or on their door wherever you want it to be but it's um you know if we have if we have challenges with no I only want mommy or I only want daddy or I only want grandma I only want big sister whatever it is um, we have that kind of that calendar of who's bedtime, who's doing bedtimes. Is it parent one doing bedtime tonight? Is it parent two doing bedtime? Is it, you know, grandparent one, two, three, four doing the bedtime? But it's giving them, we're taking that control out of their hands of no, I only want one person to do it. And we're saying this is the routine. This is the schedule. This is who's doing that bedtime. So, of course, they're still going to be upset. We're going to validate that upset. But following that, that calendar of who's doing the bedtime, this is really nice, too, if there's a new baby involved um, and, and maybe that person, that parent can't be doing their bedtime routines as they typically would have been before baby arrived. So this helps can help with them getting used to that. Maybe it's two nights with one parent and um, the night three is the next parent. But the, the schedule can, can be up to you guys and how you guys, what's going to fit for you guys, but it's giving them that heads up so they already know. We're getting rid of that fight because they know who's doing bedtime and it's right there for them to see day in and day out. And let's say you don't know who's going to do bedtime tomorrow. You know, maybe you don't have that plan already in place, but what you could do is sometime tomorrow, you add on the chart who's going to be doing bedtime. So it doesn't have to be something that is set in stone for the full mm -hmm. week at a time. It can be day by day and it could be right up to, you know, almost bedtime. And then you put it on the chart of who is doing bedtime that night so that they have that visual paired with what you're doing and the actions that you're taking. Mm -hmm. Another one I like to use overnight is for our bigger kids. We do an overnight chart of what they can do to calm themselves to fall back asleep. So really like charts, there's so many great reasons for charts. Um, Childcare schedules is another one that I use very often. Uh, for those who are in care, you know, five days a week, they're pretty like, you know, Monday to Friday. And then we have two days home with uh, parents or at home. So that's they, they seem to fit into that fairly easily. It's the ones where sometimes maybe they're home with a parent. Sometimes there's another day during the week that they're with a grandparent, or maybe it's one grandparent on this Friday and the other grandparent on the next Friday. Um, maybe it's 
you know, one day in care, one day at home, one day in care, one day at grandparents, one day at home, one day in care. So it's kind of all over the place. That is another really good way to kibosh some of those early morning upsets because it's not as you're not surprising, you're not springing it on them that no, in fact, today is a care day when they were hoping it was a home day. This way here, they know what is coming up. We're talking about it the day before if they need to, but we're, we're it's on that calendar. They know what and where they're going for that next day, the day after, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So when my daughter, who's now 10, started JK, um, she was used to being at home with me. And so I started her off slowly and I did three days a week, I believe, to start her or two days, something like that. But I can't quite remember because that was a while ago. But I do remember that I had a chart for her. So her school days would be labeled as school days her home days would be labeled as Mm -hmm. home days so she knew when she was going to school when she was home so it 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 also helped with her not just thinking that she could get out of school whenever she wanted it was a set these are home days these are school days so she just didn't know any she didn't know otherwise right exactly and like if they're not reading we can color code them so grandma you know grandma g can be pink and grandma w can be blue and home days can be purple and school days can be red so they can you can have them involved in that they can color the full square they can just trace it but it's the again it's just that idea of them being able to see what is coming up yeah and even a picture right a picture of you know, a home for their home days, or perhaps you have, you take a picture of each person that they're going to be in care with. And that's the picture that you kind of move around your board. So there are so many different ways of creating charts as well. Like Pam said, it doesn't have to be anything extreme. It could be something as simple as you just take pictures of them doing their bedtime routine. And then you print out those pictures and you have those there on their slots for those that portion of their bedtime routine or the people that are going to be caring for them take their picture put them on the chart and you can put velcro at the back of the pictures and then velcro on your chart so that you can move those pictures around and you don't have to print up five Mm -hmm. jillion pictures of certain (laughs) things yeah that's a really good idea just I would say maybe keep it out of um reach if you have a little one who's like hmm, I'm gonna switch the days and then if you're not on top of your schedule and you're like oh yeah today's a home day look at their schedule and you oh no because that would be me that would totally be me where my child would switch the days and then I just don't even know what day of week it is and then I've I've gone to the wrong day. Um, but I do like that being able to reuse them and, and it gets them involved as well. Right. So, okay. So what, Oh, on Tuesdays, that's uh, we're going to childcare. So here's your childcare, put it on the Tuesday. So they're, they're able to be involved in it and that can help as well. Food is another really big one. Um, that can be, that can, there, there's a whole lot of charts that you can do for foods, but my top two are, uh, picky eating when it comes to little ones who don't want to try new foods or they're really resistant to foods uh, under the age of eight our goal is they have to try a food 10 times and we do have some mealtime tips in the podcast as well we'll pop that in the description of this podcast but 
the goal is, is that they have to try it 10 times before they can say they like it or don't like it. Over the age of eight is 15 times. So that's an easy chart that you can do. You know, we have rice, Ireland, my oldest hated rice. She, but like we did the 10 times chart. She finished, I think that with the rice, she actually got to 10 and she was like, I don't have to eat it. And I was like, well, your taste buds do change. So we'll try again in six months. Um, and now she loves rice. But it, the idea is, is it's not a, I don't like it. I'm not eating it ever again that's okay if you didn't like it this time we'll try again we'll try again so we're just continuing to try it that's a nice easy chart you put your food on one side you have your 10 boxes and every time they try it they they check off that box and trying it is just like having a tiny little bite or a lick right mm -hmm. it doesn't mean they have to eat the whole bowl of it just to say that they've tried it so yeah like they you're motivating them by having that chart that they can see and that they're involved in. And then you're keeping it nice and simple so that they don't have to actually eat this whole portion of this food that they don't like. It's just little bits and you baby steps yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. The, another time I like to really use charts um, is snack time. Snack and meal times is another time because otherwise, and even my guys at this age now, like 10 and two snack times at 10 and two. So my they can tell by time. My kids would eat all day <laughs> if I let them. They would be nonstop snacking if I didn't have set times for snacks. Mm -hmm. So this helps to reduce a lot of the, can we eat? Is it time to eat? Mom, I'm hungry. Is it snack time? Can I have a snack? Can I have a snack? Is it almost time for snack? There's only so many times in a day that you can handle hearing those words without, um, you know, starting to turn gray or plucking hairs out having that snack time chart is going to take all of that off of your shoulders, right? So every time they come to you, is it snack time? You're redirecting them to that chart. Oh, go and check your chart. Is it snack time? So now they're no longer having to ask you. They're just going to that chart to check and see, is it snack time? Is it lunchtime? Is it snack time? Is it dinner time? So they're able to see when it's coming. Again, they can, they know when to expect it. So now they're not going to be asking you and then when you say no it's not time now they're throwing themselves on the ground I'm so hungry and then we start to feel guilty because maybe they are hungry and they didn't have that much for breakfast and, da, 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 and it just starts to spiral right so this way here go and check your chart tell me if it's snack time now we're taking that control off of their shoulders out of your hands and it's on the chart and if you're if you have children that are becoming of age to start to be able to tell a little bit of the time anyways mm -hmm. what you can do is you can have start with an easy number like three zero zero right so three o'clock they can have a snack or maybe it's four o'clock or whatever but you're starting with an easy number and you're teaching them to compare the numbers so you have mm -hmm. that number on your chart and then they can compare it with the digital clock that you have there for them in the kitchen or whatever so we know that there's tons and tons and tons of reasons uh, to use charts. And if you are struggling with anything in your behavior, uh, in your day-to-day, -day, uh, Lisa and I can absolutely help figure out where to get a chart in there and how we can help get through that. But our last one that uh, we're going to talk about today is bath time. So this can be another big fight, right? Whether it's, so some some children don't love getting their hair washed. Some children uh, have fears of the bath. We have a podcast about that for the fears as well uh, that we talk about bath time. So, so 
again, we're taking this out of the, is it bath time? Is it bath time? We're not causing that anxiety. And we're able to say, here's our, here's our schedule, right? Here's our chart with who's doing bath. So again, back to that, are we like one parent wanting, I only want, I only want one parent. I only want this person to do bath. So this way here, we're taking that out of that control out of their hands. And we're saying, who's doing bath, who's doing bath night tonight. And then is it a hair wash bath or is it a play bath, right? If we're having a really hard time with hair washing, every bath and every shower is going to be a meltdown in fear of it being a hair washing bath. Whereas again, we take that out of that, just take it out of the equation completely. And now it's a play bath. So three nights a week, we have a play bath. One night a week, we do a hair bath. And, and we have it marked on the calendar of when that hair bath is. So they know when it's coming, they know when to expect it. And then they can be calmer for all those other baths because they don't have that stress and anxiety of, is she going to try and wash my hair when I'm not expecting it? So, so bath nights, who's doing it and then hair wash versus play wash play bath that's all those are two good reasons again to use those charts yeah so we have many more reasons why you would <laughs> use charts if you're ever in doubt or need some help on implementing these charts making a chart how to use them don't hesitate to reach out to us at restfulparenting.com and we can help you thanks guys and don't forget about the workshop Thanks for joining us on today's episode. We so appreciate that you've taken that time to come and hang out with us and listen to what we have to say. If you are struggling with sleep or parenting, please know that we have loads of free information on the website um, as well as on the YouTube channel. But if after you've read through everything and you've watched those videos, if you're still struggling, know that you're not alone and that we would love to help. So be sure to check out the website, www.restfulparenting.com. You'll find the link to book your free 15-minute call right there. And if you have any comments or anything you'd like to share with us, please leave them below in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks.